This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hey, go-getters. Let Noon Sport Hydration Tablets power up your fun and keep you ready to move. Simply drop, dissolve, and enjoy crisp and refreshing flavors like strawberry lemonade or lemon-lime. With five essential electrolytes and crafted with clean, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free ingredients, Noon should be your go-to hydration choice. Because when you're hydrated, you can do more, go further, and recover quicker. Shop now on NoonLife.com and get ready for endless fun. Because anything can happen after Noon. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We're live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Thursday night, June 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you remember last week's show, we talked a little pirates with the excitement surrounding O'Neill Cruz. He actually launched a very long home run tonight, which was pretty fun. But tonight, given the promotion of Vinny Pasquantino this week, we are going to talk some Royals. And in order to do that, we have Ann Rogers of MLB.com with us. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because like the Royals are 20 games under 500 right now. <laughs> They're not exactly in contention at this point. Um, they've had a pretty decent June until recently. I think they had a four-game losing streak. Kind of put a damper on basically what what was a 500 month for them, which would have been their you know the best month of the season. I still think it is their best month of the season. But I think there's some excitement and some juice with this team. Would you agree? I think so. I mean, that obviously comes with the young players that they have. And like you mentioned, Vinny Pasquantino coming up, that certainly injected some excitement, which they needed. And they they knew that. Um, It hasn't been the season that they wanted, but you can kind of start to see the future, um, which I think is that they they needed to see that. And I think it is exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, there weren't like huge expectations around the Royals, but as we were sort of previewing the season, we were like, this is a team that, I mean, if some of those young pitchers like figure it out, the lineup we've, we've as like fantasy analysts have always liked that lineup. It's dynamic and there's a lot of speed and pop and like good batting averages throughout. They still like don't strike out very much at all compared to most major league teams in, in this modern era. It, like is the sense around the team that this has been like a massive disappointment or is it kind of like uh, another and the sense around the fan base too. Like I have a lot of family in KC um, and I, they were pretty excited about this going into the season. My cousin bought season tickets. Like he, he was pumped for Bobby Wood Jr. Making the opening day roster. Do you think this has been a massive disappointment or just kind of part of the process of, of getting to where they want to be? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think, the fan base wise, it's definitely been a massive disappointment um, because there was so much, so much excitement. And, you know, Bobby Wood Jr. is a super exciting player. He made the opening day roster. 
and you could kind of start to see like, hey, if things work well, like this can this could be a somewhat of a you know 500 team, and that's a huge step toward the yeah. future, right? I thought they were going to be 500. Like you mentioned the lineup, like I thought if they could perform, um, you know, they could pick up some of the pitching up and downs. But everything hinged on those young starters, and they haven't taken the step forward that the Royals thought that they would. It's hard because, you know, I always liken it to, you know, you bring up a young starter and it probably takes them three or four years to really settle in. There, there are exceptions to that. I know people have brought them up, but um, the problem is the Royals are doing it with five guys. Yeah. And so yeah. it's their entire rotation beyond Zach Grinke and Brad Keller. So it's a huge disappointment when you see some of them not take the steps forward. And it's hard to remember that context, that nuance to bringing young pitchers into the major leagues because it's their entire rotation. All of them are 25 and younger. So I think it has been a dis- disappointment in the fact that they thought that they could contend at least for the fat 500 mark. They're obviously not. Uh, and now they're trying not to finish last in the division. Um, so it, it has been a disappointment. Yeah, I, th- I think I was spoiled as a Mets fan with all the young pitching they brought up in you know the the mid aughts when they you know had Harvey and Wheeler and Degrom and uh, Mats and uh, didn't matter who they brought up they were successful right away but that is not the norm with young pitchers certainly progress is not a straight line and you know you look at a pitcher like Sandy Alcantara you know with the Marlins like we always knew he had great stuff but. It didn't really work out right away for him. Had the had the velocity, but wasn't really getting strikeouts. But sometimes these pitchers just need that experience. They need the right person in their ear. They need to make some tweaks with their with their offerings, and maybe they figure it out. But I think it is a lot to ask five young pitchers. I mean, Zach Granke's there, but uh, so <laughs> all these young pitchers. <laughs> yeah, old man Granke. But yeah, I, I think I I do think him being there is an interesting influence on, on these young pitchers, especially, you know, given the ups and downs that he's had during his career, what have you heard from those young pitchers about Granky? And I know it can be a quirky guy, but some of the knowledge that he's imparted to them. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been pretty invaluable for them. Not only just some of the things that he says, um, but the way that he goes about every single day, he's one of the, you know, you guys know the Granky stories. He, the way he reads himself and knows what he needs to do, the way he reads hitters, really amazing. I think we're we're watching him finish up a Hall of Fame career, and they all know that. Uh, they watched him when they were kids. Like, they watched him growing up. Um, so I don't think any of them take it for granted. Uh, they have a little competition going on right now in the clubhouse. and uh, You know, those quality starts. They, they have this weird algorithm thing. But Granky yesterday was like, I'm going to win all of them. You know, he's just so – he's – He's so um, blunt and he tells them what they need to hear when they ask. Uh, he's not going to go out of his way to be their pitching coach. But right. the way that he has gone about everything this year, it's been exactly what the Royals wanted. That's why they, they brought him back. How much they take from it remains to be seen, but you can kind of start to see the their brains working as they watch him make starts, watch him do his you know in-between start work and um, kind of see him go about things. He's been really good over his last two starts too. I mean, yeah. I, I think he's building into a really valuable trade chip for them. I know this was kind of supposed to be the, the year where he comes back to Kansas City and they have some success, but you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad 
thing for them to be able to like flip him for a couple prospects at the deadline if he keeps this up too. There was some story on Twitter. I thought I liked it, but I can't find it where somebody asked him to sign an autograph the other day, like a ball, and he grabbed the ball and like threw it yeah. into the stands. Is that was that real? I don't know if it's true. I haven't been able to like verify it. And I might ask because I like hate myself, but uh, yeah, I, but that would not surprise me at all. Like, I've seen him do amazing things with fans when I see him like do whatever he wants, you know. It's it's pretty fun to just watch him like walk walk around the field, walk from the bullpen to the to the dugout pregame. Like, it's just it's he's just hilarious the way he goes about things. Watching him in the clubhouse now that we're back in there too has been pretty enlightening. Um, but yeah, I would not be surprised if he actually did that. If it was like a 40-year-old man autograph hound, I would actually cheer that on. Yeah, to totally. be honest. 100%. But also if you're a kid, I think I'd rather have that story than even have what? the ball. Like you could tell that the rest yeah. of your life. You're probably going to lose the ball at some point. That's true. I mean, maybe he'll come find that kid eventually and and, give, and sign him a ball, but yeah, it's almost know. like what a like a pro wrestling heel yeah. does. Like you rip up their sign and then later you give them a t-shirt or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into some more stuff with the youth on this roster in a minute. But before we do, a quick word for our listeners. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Royals. Take on the Tigers in Detroit this Sunday, July 3rd at 11.30 Eastern. Live on Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, we actually had someone win last week, which is cool. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. It's that easy. So definitely check that out. I want to start out here with the young players with Bobby Witt Jr. And there was so much hype coming into the season he kind of struggled out of the gate but he's been really good for the past i'd say month and a half um 849 ops over his last 40 games and it feels like it's not really getting a lot of attention nationally but uh what have you seen and and heard from him about you know what he's learned and the progress that he's making yeah just as we talked about young pitchers coming up, uh, it's it's hard for young hitters too. Uh, they these pitchers are really good and they expose weaknesses really quickly. Bobby and the Royals knew that was going to happen. The important thing is was sticking with it, and I think obviously he did that. He's got he's got more of the mind to do that than any anybody I've ever heard or covered myself, but heard about for sure. He's. Um, able to stay with his processes and routines, and um, you're starting to see the results of that. Uh, I think them changing hitting coaches as well helped out. Uh, Alex Zumalt is our hitting coordinator. Worked with Bobby and a lot of these young hitters for, throughout the course of their minor league careers, especially that 2020 season at the alternate training site. Having him and his having Alex Zumalt in Bobby's ear every single day pregame, helping out assistant hitting coach Keone De Renee. That that's helped a lot too with with those that pregame work. But you're starting to see the the hitter that was the number one prospect in baseball. Um, he's got obvious power. He can, uh, you know, he hit, he hits for average, hits for power. He's got great defense, uh, can steal bases. This guy's going to be really good for a really long time, and it's up to the Royals to to capitalize on that. Yeah, I was just looking up the American League Rookie of the Year odds and. 
Julio Rodriguez is like taking off in, in a crazy way. And Jeremy Pena, you know, had a really good first half, had that injury recently, but he's back now. Bobby Wood Jr.'s plus 500 to win AL Rookie of the Year. And, I, man, if, if, like, Julio gets hurt, I could see Bobby Witt Jr. having an incredible second half. This isn't a question for you, Ian. I'm just saying, like, that's a pretty good ticket that I'm, I might play some action on. You know, Witt was probably the favorite coming into the season. Yeah, yeah. You know? he, he was. And then Pena got off to the hot start and probably hopped him there. But, yeah, Rodriguez has been so good. He's, I think it, people start paying attention, and it's hard when you, the, the team's 20 games under 500. That's going to hurt him, but – uh, if they start paying attention to what he does, like on a nightly basis, he makes these plays. That we we up in the press box have just been like, oh yeah, he made that play. But it's like, <laughs> oh my god, he made that play. It's mm-hmm. incredible. He does like the Jeter jump nightly. It seems like you know whether it results in an out or not. It's just like, oh my good lord, this is this guy is amazing. Where is he on the Fangraphs WAR leaderboard with the defense factored in? I'm- I'm looking this up. This is great. Well, counting stat-wise, like I'll yeah. just say he has 11 home runs. He has 12 steals, 41 runs scored, 39 RBIs in, in 72 games. So, I mean, if you if you take his – I mean, if there's a chance pitchers could adjust to him again and then he might struggle for a bit. But, you know, he's on pace for a 2020 season, which is pretty big. And then, you know, probably 80 RBIs, 80 runs scored, maybe more. I mean, that's that's pretty good. He's at 1.6 fan graphs war. Uh, Rodriguez and Pena are tied among rookies at 2.4. But that's not a, a crazy gap that he would have to make up. I bet that vote's going to be pretty close by the end. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. just turned 22 years old, like er- earlier this month, right? Yeah. Mid-June. I think he's going to be a superstar for a long time. I'm interested in MJ Melendez, like it, a, a crazy – season last year in the minors at triple a or between double a AA and triple a hit 41 home runs 103 rbis and a 10 11 ops um he's you know shown some sparks here since the royals called him up and now they kind of have to give him a bunch of chances what are your impressions of of him so far i know he's kind of cooled down a little bit but uh he seems like a an incredible offensive talent long term yeah, absolutely. I still think that um, projection is there for him to be a um, really good offensive catcher. Like we talked about with Bobby, you know, they're exposing MJ's weaknesses pretty heavily right now. Uh, a lot of swing and miss, but he's shown the ability to uh, work out of that in the past, last year especially. Uh, I think he will long term. It's just a matter of getting him, you know, now that he's behind the plate almost every night. Uh, he's, he knows that he's kind of that primary catcher, and if he's not going to catch, he's going to DH. He kind of, you can kind of see the routine uh, there for him, and that will probably allow his bat to to catch up a little bit. Um, but his projection, his potential is still really high, right next to Bobby almost, in in terms of bringing this team back to um, what they want to be, uh, which is you know playing in October. So. I really like his bat. Really like the way he he handles the pitching staff. I know there's been a lot of talk about his um, ability behind the plate, but you can kind of start to see it um, work out a little bit more. And his approach at the plate is is different than Salvador Perez in that um, Melendez takes a lot of pitches. Mm-hmm. Like even in the short time we've seen him in the majors, I think his walk rate's over ten percent, and that's basically where he was in the minors too. So it's it's nice to see that he's still. You know, not being jumpy at the plate, uh, kind of staying within himself is one of the cliches of 
of baseball players. But no, he's keeping his approach, and I, I think it's been really good to see. One thing that I actually read the other day is that he's sort of like, I'll play the outfield. I'll do whatever you want. Is there anything to that being being a possibility, you think? Yeah, he's played a few games in right field. He started working out there uh, in the in AAA this year just to kind of, you know, Salvi's going to be behind the plate for the next however many years. I know there will be injuries and everything to go with that. He'll catch less as he gets older, but uh, NJ's still going to have to play every night, so – Definitely outfield. He actually played a few game, a few spring training games at third base. Talked to him about that. He likes that, that the hot corner as well. So he's really versatile. Um, I think the Royals will take advantage of his athleticism too. And he just wants to play. So put him out there. It's a little different in the majors and the minors, obviously, putting out your best defense. But if there's a if there's a right field that the Royals like him to be in, uh, he'll he'll be out there if uh, Salvi's behind the plate. He did have over 20 steals in the minors, so like he's not, you he's know, a, the he's really fast. Yeah, he's an athlete for sure. I, I I could see him as like a long-term corner outfielder if that's what they want wanted to do with him. He's got a big arm. Um, that that would totally be a fit. I guess Vinny Pasquantino. We've got to talk about. I know it's only been what two games since he's been up, or three games now. Three games. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's what's the read on him. You think he could be like a. He's kind of he's an interesting guy who was like never a top 100 prospect, and sometimes I I root for those players just because like you know they don't have the prospect pedigree, all the attention coming up, and we've seen it you know throughout baseball history that there are like these late bloomers that kind of fly under the radar. I mean, it's weird to be like ranked as a top 100 guy as like a 19, 18 year old. You know, you're not fully formed in your body yet, and so I just I I was impressed with his minor league numbers and. It's exciting to see him get a look at the major league level. Yeah, uh, it, it takes one conversation with Vinny Pasquantino to root for him. I mean, he is charismatic. He's witty. He's he's just a great – has a great personality, great for the game, great for that clubhouse. This guy is going to be the leader uh, once he, you know, gets past his rookie year. Um, and he's going to back it up on the, on the field too. He's – he has great approach every single night. So he's played. He's been up for three games, but he's played two. He's still looking for his first hit, but he has two two walks yeah. in that time. That's I mean, what player who in his first two games walks twice? Like that's just he's he wants to walk. He's got a great approach at the plate. He had more walks and strikeouts in the minor leagues. I mean, it's just it's. It's really incredible the plate discipline that he has and then the power to go with it. Um, he had a fly ball out to left center the other night, and if it wasn't in Kaufman, I would be like, that that ball might go out. Um, but you can kind of see it, um, you know, using his legs a little bit. Yeah. This guy's he's really fun. Um, he's absolutely someone you can root for. An 11th round draft picked out, out of Old Dominion. But he – he can command a clubhouse really well, and I think that's what the Royals love almost as much as um, his what, what he does on the field. So the the nickname is it is it Italian breakfast or Italian nightmare? Is there is there a consensus on that yet? So social media will tell you it's Italian breakfast. He'll tell you it's Italian nightmare because you know who gave him that nickname was George Brett. What? Oh wow! Yeah, well, he's not going to go against the Hall of Famer's name, so. Um, I love I like Italian Nightmare mainly because it was my story that George Brett took that from. I asked Vinny in spring training 
uh, what do you hope to do at the plate? That was my question. And he, he said, I want pitchers to have nightmares about me. I so love it. George took that and ran with it. And uh, so I think, I don't think Vinny is very humble as a guy. And so he's like, kind of like, call me whatever you want. Um, but if and he wants to earn the nickname too, right? But he's like, if you want to call me, it's call me what George Brett calls me. <laughs> so I saw on the Royals TV broadcast, I think they talked to Vinny's dad. Uh, maybe it was during his first game. So he's still looking for his first hit. Are his parents going to follow him on the road to Detroit too? I ha- I I haven't heard. They might have to go back. I know his girlfriend is going back because she's a nurse in Nashville. Um, but they they might. Uh, and I told him he's got to get his dog up here. He has a German Shepherd, like the cutest thing ever. And I'm like, you got to get your dog up here for some some emotional support. He'll help <laughs> you the first hit. <laughs> This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hey, go-getters, let Noon Sport Hydration Tablets power up your fun and keep you ready to move. Simply drop, dissolve, and enjoy crisp and refreshing flavors like strawberry lemonade or lemon-lime. With five essential electrolytes and crafted with clean, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free ingredients, Noon should be your go-to hydration choice. Because when you're hydrated, you can do more, go further, and recover quicker. Shop now on NoonLife.com and get ready for endless fun. Because anything can happen after Noon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So if we talk about Pasquantino, we have to talk about Nick Prado because I feel like they are mentioned with each other all the time because Prado was the the more highly touted prospect and obviously has, you know, power, has 12 homers and 821 OPS in, in AAA this year. But the strikeouts have been an issue all throughout the minors. I think he's striking out almost a third of the time this season in AAA. Is that... A concern? I mean, obviously they're different hitters, but is that a concern that he's striking out as much as as much as he is? Yeah, um, Nick Prado is going to strike out in the in the major leagues. He's not Manny Pasquantino, uh, but you would like to see that strikeout rate go down. I think it's like thirty one, almost thirty two percent right now in Omaha. Um, when you see how Bobby, MJ, and likely Vinny will struggle with these major league pitchers as far as swing and miss, and you're seeing it with the other young hitters that I'm sure we'll talk about you don't want to bring Nick Prado up in that when you know he's going he's already struggling with swing and miss he's going to struggle more and that can get that can be a spiral down so I still believe that he'll be up at some point this year um, because he has been really consistent like you mentioned the OPS he hit his I think 13th home run tonight okay really nice swing elevated fastball so those are the kind of things that the Royals love to see if there's a spot for him, an opportunity, and he's still 
being as consistent as he has with the production, I still think he'll be up. Matter of where he plays is is up to, you know still questionable. They've got a lot of first basemen on that team. Yeah. But yeah, the strikeout rate certainly concerning for him. There are a lot of like yeah fringy uh, fringy for like lack of a better term, but guys who aren't top prospects like Witt or Melendez or, or Prado or even Pasquantino, like Kyle Isbell, Emmanuel Rivera, Edward Oliveras, who like have really intriguing skill sets, like power speed guys that we love in fantasy. And I, I know Isbell had like a, a really poor start to the season, but has picked it up lately. I believe he has home runs in each of his last two games. Um, has he talked about adjustments or you know what are they feeling about him long term I, I feel like he's going to be a really good player at some point I, I know the the Royals are kind of probably get tired of waiting on, on some of these players yeah um I think it'll be interesting you know the trade deadline this year is going to open up a lot of these spots yep. for guys right now Kyle as well doesn't play every day he has really obvious splits he's hitting I think 150 against lefties he's a lefty bat and then 241 against righties the OPSs are just completely different uh, is that a matter of small sample size because he really doesn't play ever against lefties? Maybe, but you do you see his swing? It's gotten better. Lot there's he's unlocked the power a little bit. He's a fast guy. He's been used in pinch running situations. It's still kind of up in the air on where the Royals see him as their future. Is he a future corner outfielder? Is he their future center fielder? I've heard you know differing opinions really throughout the organization on whether he can cover Kauffman Stadium. And center field because uh, it's it's expansive. Obviously, we're spoiled with Mike Lay Taylor out there, hmm. but he's got. I think Taylor has a year left, and honestly, he's a really good trade candidate this year. So I'm interested to see where they go. Will they put Isbell out there? There's kind of a lot of moving pieces, um, and I think, like you said, the Royals are still figuring out um, who they have in Kyle Isbell, where he fits, and how much they can rely on him. So with Oliveris especially last year i feel like he got sent up and down like 20 times they didn't have that option limit in place (laughs) they might have changed it just for him actually when that's happening like what does that do to a player like how can you possibly get comfortable if you're constantly going back and forth like oliveris did and i i don't think he really deserved to go down either i think it was just a matter of of flexibility you know, on the roster at that point in time. But do, does anybody ever talk about that and, and what that can do to a player? <laughs> you should take a peek at Rural's Twitter last year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah. But, uh, no, he's – yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, it hurts him, you know, developmentally, and the Royals know that, but they only have so many spots to work with. I know that people are like, well, I can name four other people who they should send down, yeah. but just – doesn't work like that. I understand, I understand the frustration. With Edward, I think, too, his defense was a really big liability. Um, he He's only just now starting to improve it. You're still seeing some – you still have some iffiness out there every time he um, makes a start. So it's just a matter of, you know, how much the Royals uh, trust him out in, in right field. Uh, he's getting better for sure, and obviously he's forced his bat into the lineup. Um, he dealt with the quad strain that this season that um, put him out for quite some time, but he's back and he's playing almost every day. He does have swing and miss in his game, but he has obvious power. He's really fast too. I think they have to give him an extended look. 
And you're starting to see that too. They were going to give him one this year. He got hurt. Now you're starting to see it again. And like I said, with the trade deadline stuff, it's going to open up some more spots for him to play every day. You were a Cardinals beat writer for a bit. So your Twitter mentions, I'm, I think, are improved probably <laughs> moving to KC. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mentions just like in general, not, not good. Not no, good. I know. I know. It's, it's Twitter. It's a, I can't believe you, you beat writers. Just, yeah, I feel bad for you guys sometimes. I will but, say they're two different fan bases. Like they, they complain about different things, which I understand. I get we need it. To, we need to do a whole different podcast about that. The whole <laughs> Kansas City St. Louis thing. I, I've never really fun, understood actually. it. I can't talk about it because people here will get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let's let's not go into it. Let's talk trade deadline before we let you go. The Royals, I think, kind of impressively operate differently than a lot of different organizations. I used to kind of make fun of Dayton more. Um, like I remember that there was that one spring training. He had like some people to come in and talk about like watching adult films and like how players shouldn't do that. I was, it was kind of like laughable, but the more I kind of not get to know him, but get to know him from the outside. I like really respect that he treats his players as human beings and really cares about their mentality and that, you know, things beyond the business of baseball, but it's kind of led to them not being very aggressive. I think sometimes at the trade deadline, maybe, or maybe I'm just reading too much into that, but do you think this is the year where they, they kind of unload? I mean, I think Andrew Benintendi is like certain to go. Maybe we talked about Zach Granke earlier. I think maybe the bullpen guys, Barlow and Stamont could, could fetch them some good talent. Do you think it's going to be a pretty aggressive deadline to compare to years past? Yeah, and I think there's a really big reason for that, and it's that J.J. Piccolo is in the GM seat now. They made mm. this transition last September. Piccolo took over general manager, everyday big league duties. Dayton Moore um, shifted into a president of baseball operations role. He's more organization-wide. He still has a final say on everything, trades, signings, that sort of thing. But he really I mean, he listens to J.J. He listens to all of his assistants. Um, he has uh, first – for as long as he's been here, but JJ really has a lot of pull now. And Dayton has admitted before plenty of times that he needs to be more transactional um, just because that's the business of baseball. And it's hard for him to be that way just because yeah. he's the kind of person he is. And I respect, you know, the hell out of him because of the way he runs an organization, but is it a, a, sometimes a detriment on the field? Absolutely. And they'll admit that. So with JJ at the helm, I think, this could be one of the more transactional trade deadlines. Um, I had someone tell me the other day, you know, aside from Bobby, MJ, Vinny, some of those, you know, some of the younger pitchers, really, they'll listen to any conversation about any player this year. And that has not been the case. Um, They would have listened, but not been serious about it. So I could, I could see him going pretty, I could see them being pretty aggressive and I always kind of, counter that with it takes two teams to make a trade so they're not just going to ship their players off for, for nothing and uh it takes you know those are conversations to have i think people sometimes forget yeah, that. i think ben intendi is obvious yeah. this is the last year of team control right yep but drew and i have been talking about a possible whit merrifield trade for like four <laughs> years forever <laughs> <laughs> and his contract is pretty team friendly yeah mm-hmm. i i hate that terminology but you know, seven million this season, two point seven five million next year. I think it can go up to four million if he doesn't spend time on the IL this year. 
there's a there is a club option for 2024 or maybe mutual option mutual yeah yeah i think it's 18 million with a $500,000 buyout but any team could afford that let's you know the royals are not going to win this year but i also think you know you're doing Whit Merrifield a solid if you send him to a team where he has a chance to win so i think there's kind of two ways to look at it there do you think this could be the year that finally he's traded I said that last year, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's just <laughs> like the year before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of some offers that come in. Like, uh, I've heard some of the offers that they've gotten for him, and it's just been like, eh, I understand why they didn't take that. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, he's he's declining offensively. He has been. He's in his age 32 season, but he still offers a, a contending team, a really versatile piece, playing totally. outfield. Second baseman. I mean, Mark Feinstein wrote today that the second base market, uh, this trade deadline is pretty thin. So if someone's looking for a versatile infielder, um, they might come calling for Whit Merrifield. Team friendly contract, like you said, another year of control. Um, and he wants to win. You know, he wants, he's been wanting to win. He doesn't like talking about the future here. Um, he's, uh, he's, he wants to win somewhere. And I think the Royals, if, if they do send him, they'll, they'll send him to a place that he has a good chance of playing in, in the playoffs. Uh, they did that even last week with Carlos Santana sending him to Seattle. They yeah. they want him to help a team. Um, that's just kind of the way they operate, which I, I respect, honestly. Um, if you're not going to win here, might as well help your players win uh, somewhere else, at least this season. Um, but, yeah, I think it, there's a really high likelihood that this actually could be the year that Wim Merrifield is traded. If, if they're open for business, I, I think it could be kind of an exciting deadline for the fan base. Um, to, to turn it over a bit, like there's a lot of interesting players up and down that depth chart that I, you know, it, it might only fetch like B-level prospects, sometimes like C-level prospects, but that's not the worst thing in the world. And there's like some young reclamation projects, if that's a thing. You mentioned Kauffman Stadier, Stadium earlier. and It's like one of my favorite parks. It's unique to a lot of the stadiums that were built in like the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I love like the high steep grandstand and what they've done in like renovating it. And I know there's been some talk about possibly a downtown stadium. I know that there's been talk about the chiefs moving areas too. Um, I don't know. What is your opinion on, on those reports? I, I, I'm sure it's like kind of outside your purview or maybe it's not, but. Oh, it's, it's really, um, I'm keeping a really close ear to the ground on that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I know it's going to happen. We're going to yeah. get a downtown ballpark. That is I mean, it's, it's could they just pick up Kaufman and move it? Yeah, (laughs) they're going to bring a lot of the things that people love about Kaufman Stadium to the downtown, but it's you can't make money where Kaufman Stadium is right now. And yeah, um, a lot of people say, well, maybe you should have a winning team 100%, but you can't talk about uh, you have to. There's a lot of groundwork to to lay with this downtown stadium that they have to start talking about it right now. Yeah, you're right. But they want to get down there for sure. It's a huge priority for the organization, for ownership, uh, and I can definitely see it happening. And I am super excited about it because downtown ballparks are awesome. I know I'll get people will yell at me for that, but go spend uh, yeah, I, time at the downtown ballpark and you'll understand why. Yeah, I've, I've tried to convince my, my Kansas City cousins that it's going to be really cool. It's like you want a, a baseball stadium. Like it's where, it, where those stadiums are is perfect for football because the tailgating – Yes. Outside Arrowhead is second to none, and Kansas City is a tailgating town. Um, but if they put a 
a Royal Stadium in downtown or like more toward the center of the population, I think it'll be a home run. Like it's a great town for baseball and food and dive bars. Like I love Kansas City, even yeah. though they, they don't it's, love me back. But yeah, well, downtown <laughs> is like really fun. I yeah, it is. I have we've had a great time. Like my fiance and I, uh, he's from St. Louis, and um, we and I'm from Iowa. So we're getting married in December, but we're getting married here in Kansas City because this is our home and we love it. Like we have had such a great time here. Downtown, the Crossroads District, like it's super fun. They're building the streetcar uh, to extend down to the plaza as well. And that'll take a few years also. But like that's public transportation to help the downtown ballpark. I think it's I think it's a great idea. No brainer. I know people will yell about the parking or whatever, but. That's what the streetcar's for. Do you ever eat at the peanut or like drink there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, I my cousins used to bartend there. They're they're a little bit they've moved a little bit beyond that now. But every time I go there, I, I get a three wings and a triple BLT. Like that's my yeah. first order, and a, a lot of like Miller Lights for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Drew loves the food talk. I do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm viewing this. No, no, no. It's great. I don't mind <laughs> it at all. Kansas City loves their food. So. I love Kansas City. I wish they would like St. Louis back, but I'm I'm not going to drag you down into that. <laughs> I have takes. I can't put them out in public. <laughs> we'll do like a little private podcast, us three, and we'll we'll air it all out. We won't even put it up anywhere. Perfect. All right. And this was great. Thank you so much for coming on, providing some insight about a team who I think people should be excited about. Uh, and I think, you know, whenever this new ballpark is built, I think these players and hopefully some of the pitchers will figure it out by then. Um, <laughs> that could be a while from now, but yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of excitement on the way for, for Royals fans. So it's it's an exciting time to see these, you know, homegrown kind of players come up. It's, it's better the, to see those kind of players than, you know, one year rental type players that to fill gaps with. So I think it's an exciting time and Royals fans should be excited. Yeah, you can see you can see it. There's a light at the end of the tunnel as long as uh, everything, you know, you start to see some significant steps taken and um, the front office feels it, I know. And I know it's not easy watching it this year or last year or the year before, but man, Bobby Wood Jr. is in a special player. So yeah. they got to take advantage of, of that. Thanks again. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Five stars. Always appreciated. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hey, go-getters, let Noon Sport Hydration Tablets power up your fun and keep you ready to move. Simply drop, dissolve, and enjoy crisp and refreshing flavors like strawberry lemonade or lemon lime. 
with five essential electrolytes and crafted with clean, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free ingredients, Noon should be your go-to hydration choice. Because when you're hydrated, you can do more, go further, and recover quicker. Shop now on NoonLife.com and get ready for endless fun. Because anything can happen after Noon. 